sure we talked about that because mm-hmm. it was good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about uh, your song July. Yes. And specifically, uh, or no, I wanted to ask you about acetone. Mm-hmm. And because uh, you were talking about uh, just the comparison between like a song that will hit 100K and a song that will hit, I mean, acetone hit over a million streams. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, do you think that it's because like, I mean, what are the conversations between you and, and Alex? Or is, it, is it like, oh, well, what does this sound like? Like, does this sound like another song that people are like, have you thought that at all? Like, does this sound like another song? Like, does it sound like another song that's already out, like by a different artist? Yeah, that like, of... like, is this capturing a, a, mm. a vibe that people are already mm-hmm. into? Hmm. Because I, ca- I could never quite put my finger on what acetone sounded like. Totally. Um, but it, it's, I mean, it's very distinct. Totally. I would say of, I would say of all of your songs, it's probably got the most identity to it. Uh-huh. Definitely. And I think that's partially why mm-hmm. it, it blew up the way it did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just really curious like what you what you think of the song or like what your how your perspective on that song changed once you mm. saw the yeah, feedback totally. coming in totally um i think i love that song a lot because of how it came to be and that was i was at um lakeville eaglebrook on yes. a sunday morning and i was talking to ian allison and he was like dude my friend john mark nelson um, always uses these little thing called Casio SK1s and it's like these little sampling keyboards from the 80s yeah. so you can like sing into them and then you can like make a pad out of it so the intro of acetone is just that me that singing into keyboard. the SK1 yep and then that little thing and then I made that and then I literally opened up Logic and grabbed like a little 808 like drum sample pack and just played that like boom boom and then I just threw on some headphones and like a really auto-tuned vocal and I sang the hook like the ooh I don't miss it anymore like that whole thing and it, it just kind of happened really fast and then as the song progressed it, it was always just like I was using things just that I had at my disposal right there to kind of make the song like it's a weird like conglomerate of all these weird things like it's this weird sampling keyboard from the 80s that's the main pad and then a lot of the rhythm comes from an acoustic guitar yeah. Which feels weird kind of in like an electronic song. Mm-hmm. And then the guitars are all just like a DI into the box. Like there's no amps or anything. It's just like all what we had on hand. And so that's why it feels to me like unique in a way. It's just because like, I don't know, we didn't, I didn't go into the song like with an idea of like, I want to make this. It was just like, oh, this is what I have in the room right now. How do I like make a song out of this kind of? Yeah. So it's almost like the complete opposite of it, you know, like ever having it intend to sound a certain way totally i had no i had no pre idea of what it was going to sound like it was just like yeah that the song started in october 2019 and it was it was pretty much the same structure as it is and a lot of the same elements Mm -hmm. um but i had like a crazy auto-tuned vocal i think you shared a demo yep on instagram it was like like hard tuned yep super hard tuned i was trying to do like the whole not, like there's a 1975 track that does and I thought it was super cool. I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw a crazy out of on
I played that song three months later in January or whatever for Alex, and he was like, oh man, this could be really cool. Like, let's make this record. And so we swapped out like a kick sample and like added like a punchier snare. And then Alex added some of the guitars and we rewrote some of the melodies. And then that was it. Like, that was the song. That's fast. Yeah, it, came it, together fast. it happened in like two weeks or something. Dang. And like, or maybe a week even, like three, two or three sessions yeah. where, that we worked together on it, which was really fun. But yeah, most of the time that we spent was actually like on the chorus melody. Since the song was kind of already there, like structure wise, it was, but Alex, like Alex wrote that chorus melody. And I still think that's like the most important part of the song. Like to me, that's like what people remember is like that melody. I don't know. I, I'm very like glad that he was in on that session. It's, it's very iconic yeah um yeah i think well i was so my last interview was with matt patrick and oh totally and something that like kind of blew my mind was the and maybe it's not super original but hearing him say that uh a a strong method for writing a chorus is you write a chorus and then you make that your verse Mm -hmm. and then you write another chorus oh wow yeah you know because I i think it just sort of gears you towards like you know, it's like, oh, if this was really catchy, mm-hmm. let's make it the verse. Totally. You know, how so can we, we make something more verse, catchy? And yeah. Something, yeah, because usually the chorus is even more catchy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the progression of songs now, which I mean, I'm personally a huge fan of, is you have your like really catchy, simple verse, yep. really catchy, simple chorus, yep. and then you have a hook. Yep. And I don't know. I like people, I don't know. I feel like a few years back, people were complaining about how choruses just became like one word yeah totally like yeah that's a hook it's yeah great. It's, that's what we want you <laughs> yeah know? it's funny yeah it's like you i don't want something complicated totally because you want to be able to sing it back after like one listen right you know All right so what is i guess i don't know that much about alex um it's, how did that even come about yeah so it's crazy actually so alex and i grew up at the same church in brooklyn park okay. but i didn't know him i had seen him though because alex was actually one of the founding members of harbor and home Funny enough. Oh, okay. So he and Caleb Williams wrote Summer Lover together. Yeah. And then they did that thing for like two years. And then Alex dropped out of the band and started kind of making his own thing. But so like we were in the same circles and like he was good friends with Caleb Williams. And I was as well as I like stepped into Harbor and Home later as the drummer. Um, and so he just tagged along um to one of our shows that we were playing we were playing with the m house at like a pool party or something it was super random but like alex came along just kind of hang out and then i had just written pieces i was like yo i finally wrote one i wrote a song i've never written a song before here it is and he's like oh cool like you should come over to my parents basement and (laughs) we'll make this song because i think he just wanted to like get his production repertoire started and stuff so he invited me over and we made it and like it didn't really it, it he went in and i had recorded acoustic guitars for it and i had recorded drums for it and I, with my friend caleb d had recorded a bunch of guitars for it mm-hmm. and like in his apartment we recorded them and like and caleb d is the one that you just did the the acoustic yeah uh, version of acetone totally yep and also john nelson is on that too so both of those guys very good guitar players and some of my really close friends but yeah. um Caleb we like literally it's so sketchy like we didn't have like a mic stand so it's like an AKG perception like draped over his Tyler amp and there you can like we didn't turn off the air conditioner like you can hear it in the background of the stems and like it's just like bad but that's like the hook guitar of pieces is that recording it's it's just funny but like we went into that session and uh with an idea of how he wanted to sound and Alex was like nah 
Nah, nah. <laughs> and and I just remember being destroyed. Yeah, because I had never um, had to give up a part of my artistic process to somebody else. Yeah, and that was really hard. And I was like, shoot, like I've never had someone say that they like didn't vibe with something, you know. Mm-hmm. But then through that like grinding of gears a little bit was how we got a really great song. Yeah, definitely, um, totally, and it, it and after that we like were like pretty set on like eh, that was like a one time thing. You know, and like we even had like some like butting heads of like how the song was gonna be split. Like he wanted 50 50, and I was like, no, I wrote the song like by yeah. myself. And then we had to like work out some things there. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, like I wanna be done with this. I had never had dreams of being an artist at that point. So I was just like, you know, it was fun. We did one song. Yeah. And then we ended up doing another one, yeah. and another one, and another one. So it was funny. Yeah. And then, and then that was more so as a response to like, it doing well totally if it hadn't i mean if it hadn't picked up much steam do you think you would yeah, have I don't gone know. back i don't know maybe i i think we also were a little surprised at like uh the end product like we just liked how it sounded too like even if it wouldn't have necessarily done super well like on streaming or whatever mm-hmm. i think we would have maybe tried to do another song because i had a bunch more like demos that i was interested in hashing out but like that was definitely a part of it was like oh like a lot of people are saying they really like this like we should try again you know kind of yeah. so i think it came out at the right time too totally like a release schedule that started in january i mean aside from like the coronavirus mm-hmm. culture yep. that we're now in um where the world is just different mm-hmm. i think it also just came out at the right time uh for like the weather warming up you yeah know? Totally. like the weather warming up people feeling like oh i can listen to music and like yeah. roll my windows down totally and now it's like oh well there's nothing to do except except like, take in this content like watching the i was just watching people spotify wrapped yeah for 2020 and people are listening to so much totally. new music like totally. not just so much music but people are new exploring artists. yeah so much um and maybe a lot of that is via playlists i'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of it's via playlists but mm-hmm. even personally i think i this year i listened to like over or i think i listened to exactly 200 new artists this year yeah that's crazy and that seems like a lot yeah I'm like whoa that, yeah i didn't realize totally. that i listened to that many because i wasn't even particularly trying, trying to yeah but i think that everybody's just got so much more time on their hands and people are making more now that they've got mm-hmm. um you know i think especially at the beginning of quarantine when people were you know it especially if they were fortunate enough to like get some of the you know the stimulus because mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely fell into that category and I was like I'm just gonna yeah, work totally it's gonna work yes. you know so I don't know I think maybe some of it's like a blessing in disguise that uh, definitely that that's how a lot of this music was birthed for me like we just had time to do it yeah and I was like all right let's just make, let's do this you know yeah. like and part of it too is like the whole um, you know people being encouraged like don't don't see that many people you know Mm-hmm. I think I think initially it was like don't be around more than 10 people mm-hmm. and when we started uh you know our like I think I only saw four people in the first month yeah you know uh-huh. and uh that kind of works too because if you're working with you know one of those people um was was Greta yeah because we were we were in the process of writing and so uh-huh. uh it kind of works out it's just like well we're stuck yeah. as well. I'm busy <laughs> yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. it's like we can stay committed to this. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that kind of works. I think you, I think you said it, but I missed it. When did the process or when did the idea for an EP mm. like start to come? Oh man, like 
not till like this summer probably like i had no direction and i haven't had really direction it's always been like a very like flying by the seat of the pants thing yeah. like i usually make my artwork like the day i upload the song because i'm like shoot <laughs> yeah. i need artwork and like alex will text me he's like oh here's the master like do you have a name for the song yet and i'm like no <laughs> i haven't thought about that at all um and that part of it like stresses me out a lot like yeah um i feel like i know for the most part like musical direction mm -hmm. but like um artistic direction and things like that are so hard for me and like marketing and like how to push a record and how to do this it's so like scary to me and so i'm just yeah. like part of me just wants to just put out songs and be like all right here's the song but like we were like man like we released these songs for like pieces we released almost like coming up on a year ago i guess but we yeah. were like how can we get more mileage out of that and it was like okay like you could repackage it as ep and you kind of just like re-push it out mm -hmm. you know and so we we're like all right like let's do it yeah and basically like put out three singles for a four song ep so it's essentially just four singles because mm -hmm. you released the last song is like a part of single in itself yeah and it's like you pitch that to the playlist and mm -hmm. like so the idea for a like an ep didn't come around till like a few months ago honestly is that sorry not to like no go for de it derailed it but like i i wonder is that is that more advantageous if you're like trying to pitch like 100 having having singles because, yeah because you can only pitch one song from the release one song from a release okay yep. so that way every single song got a chance yeah and we've seen that every single song has got playlist pitching Dang, or like that's, placement that's actually really genius so because yeah i think even aside from that um you talk about ian allison and mm -hmm. and sort of because he's a very encouraging force totally. to be around totally like, that's why honestly he's a part of why i release music and he's a big part of why i release music yeah. actually because like he he was like why why don't you just do it yeah and i was like well i you know i'm working i've been working on the concept for an album for a couple of years and mm -hmm. he's like well if it's if it's too difficult to like do an album maybe do an ep mm -hmm. or if you just get a song done like yeah. if there's a song that's almost done just, just like it finish it and then yeah. release it mm -hmm. you know um because you know that's it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself totally like full yeah. length is scary yeah yeah especially if, you, if you're starting yeah from ground zero so it's like yeah when you're when you're at square one and you're just like oh i have these plans to i i feel like i've had the reverse problem mm -hmm. or i've had these plans for like a concept album. totally yeah and it's been so it's been so liberating to just be like to realize that i think a lot of the the culture that listens to music now mm -hmm. is people who listen to playlists and people on social media who you know maybe attention spans are shorter they just want music yeah people want music yeah. and they're making their own playlists and mm -hmm. if you say hey i have a new song and you totally. put a clip of it on instagram they'll click the link in your bio yes and their attention spans probably long enough that if they like it they'll listen, they'll listen to the, the song whole thing. totally and uh you know sharing has become so easy mm -hmm. so yeah i think that in a lot of ways the way music works now like mm -hmm. the way marketing music works now encourages to just like finish totally a project I, it's like you've got i've only got like one idea it's like yeah cool, we'll finish make that, that idea <laughs> i think that was something that was uh, initially really scary for me and finally liberating at the end because i always saw myself as or i had like all these friends around me that were writing these really artistic um like they have like this whole vision for a thing and it was always really intimidating for me because i felt like i was not that way and i was like oh, i feel like i'm not an artistic songwriter you know and it's like because right. Cause most of the stuff that I do, like how we write a song is like, I make a production bed, love like a vibe. And then we go back and we like mumble some melodies 
and then lyrics are like the last thought that we do and it's just yeah. like it's the last thing that i do in the process and sometimes it felt like oh, i'm not like this artistic would you say still to this day totally still that's how we do it and like like you you sort of work your mel your, your lyrics around your melody yeah the that's lyrics cool. are the last thing always which has been weird pieces was the first like i wrote the lyrics for that but like so part of me felt like this like fake songwriter i was like shoot like I look at like the Phoebe Bridgers of the world and like the, and then you look at like old songwriters like the, the Paul McCartney's and all those people. And then I have mm -hmm. like friends, like I like my friend, Chris Mason, he writes these amazing songs. It's like always like a really like artistic thing. Right. And I'm like, shoot, I don't feel like that's me. And it felt like bad. I was like, like I'm, like I'm doing something yeah, wrong. Yeah, like I'm doing it wrong. And I think when I realized that like, it's okay to have like your own voice and like to have like your own style and this is how I do songs. And it's just like, I'm just gonna put songs out fast. And it's like, I don't have to have like this crazy long vision and this crazy artistic reason behind it. It's like, at the end of the day, I just want this like song to be fun and people to like it, you know? And it's like, yeah. I just wanna make music that people enjoy kind of. Yeah. And so it's like, like the songs that's coming out next, like I have songs coming out in a few months. It's like, we're wrapping them up still now. And it's like, it's always just like wrapping up a song, quick putting it out, wrap up a song, quick put it out. Kind of yeah. just like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And I think that just fit, feels better to me. Yeah. I like that because it feels like a very current picture, like photograph of like my brain right now. Yeah. You know, because like I haven't been thinking about this song for 10 years. You know, it's like this is what's going on right now. I'm going to put it out. Like mm -hmm. it feels like an honest representation of myself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it it's like what's more wholesome than that? Yeah. Of like, <laughs> of like, you know, it's not getting caught up or not even having the energy to get caught up in like the release schedule, whatever mm -hmm. that is. And, and really just leaning on like, I want to make music that other people want to hear, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's like, that's kind of the point. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> kind of the vision, I guess. Yeah. How would you say feedback has like, um, shifted your perspective or like informed, you know, what you're doing moving forward? Mm. Like, do you think, um, like live performances are oh, in, totally, in yeah. the works? Mm. Yeah, um, I'm always like blown away by feedback that comes through. Like, I'm just like, wow, like you actually care about this. You know, like it's always just like weird to me that people actually are like taking time to listen to this music. And like, especially just like strangers that I get in like Instagram, they'll like hit me up and be like, wow, like this music like got me through something or like it helped me in this. It's just like, that's crazy really like are you serious <laughs> and um i've gotten a lot of people like when are you gonna play a song like a show when are you gonna do this and it's just like it's encouraging definitely because um it's definitely easy to like when you re release music to uh i don't know i get it's easy to get caught up in the numbers of it all and with something like acetone where it got all these streams and then you look at other songs and you're like oh well they suck you know and it's like <laughs> july and jericho like they have forty thousand, and it's like oh well those songs are terrible like no one liked them but then like you hear people like saying oh this is my favorite song like jericho's my favorite this one's my favorite it's like like that means something to you then it's like yeah like that's better than a spotify analytic like right like hearing how like i'd rather hear from somebody that i know that like that song means something to them than like oh look five people in new zealand scream like stream that song you know it's like right, it's different right. and and i think like hearing that people are excited about the songs and that they want to like play shows it's like makes you want to work that much harder to like give them something back you know mm -hmm. it's like 
I appreciate so much the fact that people are appreciating this music that yeah. I want to make more for them. Cause it's like, we're just going to keep talking about Ian cause we just love Ian apparently. <laughs> but like Ian always talks about his social media game. When people ask him about it, he's like the turning point for him was when he realized that his fans weren't haters. They were actually people that were just interested in what he wanted. Cause he always felt like when he was putting stuff out, it was like, Oh, I'm putting this out to the wolves kind of like putting it out to the critics. Mm. But people who are interested in you actually love like what you're doing yeah and they love you and they are interested in you and when you start to view them as like people that you also like love and have like you're like oh like i love my fans and you're like i want to give them stuff and it becomes like a more like wholesome interaction yeah you know and it's like oh like i want to make this song because i want people to like i want to do this for them kind of and it i don't know it gives me a lot of motivation i think definitely yeah I've I've never heard him describe specifically that mm -hmm. of like you know your your fans are not haters, mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think that I mean that goes right with everything that he he tells people about or that he's told me about social media, you know, I think one of the big things is just understanding that um, you doing your thing will attract people who totally. want that thing yeah you know and so you know it's like who who would want to see this or who wants to hear about what i'm doing it's like there's somebody yeah there's always and, somebody and they won't find you unless you're yeah. putting it out there mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that that's like there's there's room for everybody mm -hmm. in i think today's situation especially mm -hmm. with like the presence of just social media totally everybody can find all encompassing their people yeah so yeah it's it's super cool in that way do you think that your people that you've sort of found is like a, you know, like a fan base. Mm -hmm. Do they um, reside in like Minneapolis or is it mm. kind of like, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I could look on Spotify, no, but totally. I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's like Chicago, yep. LA, yep. New York, it's Minneapolis. Always that. It's, I don't think Minneapolis might even be in my top might five. Might not even be yeah. there. <laughs> I think it's like Chicago, LA, somewhere in Texas. It might be Houston or Dallas. Okay. And then like New York and like, Oh, man it was like atlanta, atlanta or something yeah. yeah i was gonna say atlanta is probably the next i mean I, just because like they're huge cities it makes mm -hmm. sense but like and they're pretty good i mean big obvious, music cities obviously, obviously yeah. la chicago yep but i mean like atlanta is mm -hmm. is you know pretty big songwriter totally from what i understand totally um but yeah it it is interesting to see how um there's just like weird groupings of fans but it seems like a lot of the um like people who are engaging on social media things like that like the i guess you'd call them like your core fans mm -hmm. if, i don't know what that really means but it's like the people who are interacting with you a lot like with content you put out mm -hmm. is like definitely like minnesota college like they're probably christian you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they're yeah, in yeah. the church world like they saw me at eagle brook or yeah. something you know like or with harbor and home. yeah or with harbor and home and it's like um so there definitely is kind of like a mold there that I'm trying to like shake a little bit to try and branch out. But I think that part of that is just like, I have never played a live show anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously Minneapolis is going to be like where the most organic fans are. Cause that's just like where people know who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think we, I think we have a pretty dedicated scene here too. Totally. People love music. Yeah. People. And, and just in general, when it comes to like the capitalist side of of minneapolis people mm -hmm. love like buying local totally people love supporting local yep. and i think that, that, that kind of translates into the music scene too people get really excited when there's good music coming out of minneapolis totally. um 
And so I think people will turn out. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating to think about like, because um, whenever whenever I see uh, whenever I see like artists like you who are starting to like the bubble starting to burst. Yeah, I feel like those top five might be like when you're planning a tour. Totally, it's like hit those. Like, oh yeah, yeah. These are the these are the places where people would probably turn out. Mm -hmm. um, is it hard to stay on top of analytics and just like translating because because i wonder what the difference between spotify analytics and instagram oh yeah is. it's massive because you know obviously you know if you release a song and a, you know a hundred thousand people listen to it uh-huh obviously a hundred thousand people don't go and follow you on instagram totally. no but whatever those that percentage is uh -huh. i'm curious um if like the people that are following you on instagram fall into those same you know, if they would fall into those same like top five categories mm. on yeah. Instagram. Um, totally. So like, it's that's why it's like the numbers can be weird sometimes because it's like my Spotify says I have a hundred and whatever, like anywhere from 110 to 170, it's been a thousand listeners per month. And that's like, I get so many people that find my Instagram because it's in my Spotify bio mm -hmm. and they come and they're like, like just found you on Discover Weekly, like, how is your Instagram so small? You know, yeah. it's like I have like 22,000 followers on Instagram. And yeah. it's like, they're always like, what the heck? And yeah. it's like this weird disconnect where it's like Spotify makes you look really big. Yeah. And your Instagram is like kind of more like reality, it seems like. Because it's like Spotify is like those algorithmic playlists and those like editorial playlists where it's like a lot of people might be listening, but they're not always consciously aware of what they're listening to. Because mm -hmm. it's like it's on in the car. It's on in the background of like a party. And it's like, oh, they're not saying like, oh, look, Landon Conrath is playing on my Spotify. You know, there's like, oh, there's a cool song next, mm -hmm. you know, like right. skip or like you're, whatever. You're right. So it's like, but they still get counted as a monthly listener. Yeah. And it hits like, is it like 30 seconds? I, I actually don't know what the like thing is. There's like the, I would love to know everything yeah. about Spotify. I think I, I think I heard somebody say that if it hits 30 seconds, that's that a listener. A stream. Okay. Yeah. So, which I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if, if I'm like flipping through songs. I would say the point, like if I'm if I'm rapidly flipping, mm -hmm. I feel like ten seconds is kind of the cap oh, yeah. of like how long I listen. Yeah, like I scrub a couple times. Yep. and then I'm like, okay, next. Yeah, yeah. Next. I wouldn't sit and listen listen to something for thirty seconds totally. unless I'm actually like listening. Yeah, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 complicated. It's all complicated. Definitely. Have you ever have you ever like sponsored? posts or anything like that because um, i know that that's super under uh underpriced uh-huh it, like it the is amount of exposure you get. it really is i need to do it more and part of that is like the content gap that i have like where i'm like i don't have a lot of content like video content and it's just hard for me to come up with it sometimes mm. and it's like i'm a full-time student right now and it's like trying to finish finals and they're trying to make videos and trying to make a music video it's just like so right. much stuff it's like it's like you're juggling two and a half full-time jobs totally you're, you're doing full-time music mm -hmm. you're doing full-time student mm -hmm. and you're also building an artist brand yeah you know it's scary sometimes but we did a sponsored post for the acetone music video and I think we paid like $20 and like five or 6,000 people saw it. It's just like, that's insane. Yeah. And like you do that on, that was just Instagram and right. we did it on Facebook and how many people, thousand people saw it on Facebook too. It's just like, what the heck? Like, I, crazy. I feel like I need to take advantage of that more, 
but um it definitely just like comes with um you need you need content like pictures you need videos and you need all this stuff and it's just like oh it's so overwhelming sometimes and it's like it has to it has to look like landon conrath too you know it's like people want to see that consistency kind of yeah and there's like a juggling there obviously like you want to keep things fresh but like i don't know it has to kind of have a brand it feels like or it feels like that way yeah i think i think that's true yeah it's almost like i've noticed some people have very specific vibes on their instagram Mm -hmm. like their instagram feels like going to a website yeah that's cool and i've I've never been able to like achieve that totally me neither because because i'm not like i I just don't think i'm talented in yeah in that area um i can't figure out like what how to make all this flow for nine blocks i know like what the heck um so yeah that type of stuff is is really interesting because when you when you see it i think rob morgan's actually a really good example Mm -hmm. where um it goes beyond just the fact that it's like colorless. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of it, but mm-hmm. it also he just has like the way he takes pictures is very consistent. It's consistent, yeah. and uh, yeah, and and his way of like his way of captioning is consistent, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um. So yeah, building a brand is is like it's a huge, multi-headed beast. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back a little bit. Yep. When you were talking about uh, Alex, like working with you mm-hmm. at the very beginning, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have realized that like he, that was him like sort of building his, like building his catalog. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I assume that I assume that he was like a just a guy, the guy, yeah, yeah, in wherever area, mm-hmm. you know. Does he? I mean, you. So you said that you kind of shared the burden of like tracking yep. instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, is he mainly guitar? And like keys, I would imagine. Um, yeah, honestly, there's not much keys happening in it, most of the songs. That's like all guitar and like drum samples and bass is like what we mostly use. But mm-hmm. he's definitely playing pretty much all of it. Um, we'll write the parts together. Um, like, I don't know, like 50 50 is pretty a good estimation of like how the parts come together. It's a very like co writer, co producer yeah. sort of environment, which is super fun. But he's really proficient. Yeah. And like he can whatever I like am hearing, he can most of the time play. So it's like, yeah, we write parts together. He plays them. It's like, all right, let's go. I do most of the drum programming and stuff like that. But like he's the guitar guy for sure. Is it is it tough to like because your stuff doesn't come across to me as I mean, I'm, I'm a producer and mm-hmm. I am a songwriter and like listening to your music. It doesn't strike me as like guitar heavy. Yeah. And like acoustic instruments. Yeah. Like, heavy. Uh huh. Is that something that you guys are like really mindful of, of like keeping it yeah. from being like this? Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, totally. Because I feel like even adding acoustic guitar, I like, can be challenging. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm I'm like super cautious to add. Yeah. Acoustic guitar because sometimes that can just like take mm-hmm. like ruin the immersion of totally of like vibey music. Mm-hmm. I guess totally. It's hard to explain. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I think the way that we've done it. Um, partly is because my lack of guitar aptitude, like I'm not a good guitar player. And so the parts that I write and when I I love using the acoustic, but I use it mostly as like a rhythm rhythmic thing. So like palm muted 16th notes on an acoustic are like my favorite thing in the world. And so like, we're not using guitars in the sense of like, we're honestly never playing like an open chord on like a guitar or something like that. Or like even really like 
dr- over dr- there's no like driven stuff it's all very like it's di's and like rhythmic based i guess so it's like i don't think i ever set out to make guitar music but i never set out to make like not that you know it's like yeah i don't think it was a super like mindful decision of it it was just like this is the way that we kind of do things like using it for like rhythm and like palm muted and like i don't know it's like a lot of just like clean direct stuff but yeah i don't know i i like the i don't know i i've always been a fan um ever since i i I sort of realized that it was a strength but i was i was talking with justin charbonneau Mm -hmm. i don't know how much you play with him totally a lot yeah he's he's incredible and like his perspective on on um his perspective on using instruments is something that I really resonate with, mm-hmm. which is like, you should just be able to like the sound. Totally. That's like that's like your entry point. Yeah. It's like, I like how this sounds, or just, I like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm interested in this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, you you don't have to be some virtuoso. Totally. And oftentimes, Thank not goodness. being proficient on an instrument yeah. unlocks certain things. So, definitely. Because people who just pick up an instrument for the first time do different things than somebody yeah, who's been because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. They might treat it like a different instrument yeah. or they might just like produce a sound um, off the bat that like normal people who play that instrument mm-hmm. don't. And I think that that's like really cool mm-hmm. and important. It's mm-hmm. not just like, it's not just permissible. It's like that should be encouraged. Totally. Of, you know, people just like grabbing an instrument and being like that's, do 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 exactly that's because what it's been cool, for me cool totally. things can really happen yeah you know so yeah i like that i like that a lot it's a good it's a good environment to hold i think too for like a writing room mm-hmm. where um you know i definitely get that vibe with with matt patrick at, at the library studio mm-hmm. where there's just instruments laying all over the yeah. place and people are free to just like walk Grab around them. And mm-hmm. grab an instrument or sit That's down at cool. an instrument. I gotta get over there, Dang. Um Have you ever been in that space? No. It's I've only been there once, mm-hmm. and it it's phenomenal. That's awesome. It's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. What uh, I haven't asked, but like, what are you doing to like stay busy these days? I mean, you say, you're still mm-hmm. doing Eagle Brook. Yep. Um, but yeah, I definitely have taken like a hiatus from drums because it's been weird. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because like. Um, you said you had a bunch of dates that were like acoustic. Yeah, I'm singing pretty much exclusively now. Um, it's like this thing where people find out that you can sing and then it's all they want you to do. <laughs> right. And um, even like I was taking lessons with Zach Miller, um, who's a drummer in town. And then I was taking some Skype lessons with Steve Gould and over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then like lately, though, it's just been like I am so focused lately on um doing the artist thing and i'm like i don't have time to practice five hours a week to make steve happy you know and like like i want to honor him when i'm taking lessons and like practice so i like text him i'm like hey like i want to yeah i want to pursue drums still in the future but like right now i need to do this and there's like a sort of sense of like striking while the iron is hot like it's like there's audience right now like there's like quote-unquote hype around the music right now it's like Mm -hmm. we should be doing this like capitalize on capitalize that. that and it's like i think i'm realizing more and more that seasons aren't just like a thing that people say cliche like oh it's just a different season you know it's like that's a legit thing like mm-hmm. in this time of my life it's like i'm making music and it's not like it's this time of my life isn't i'm gonna like shed drums 
Right. You know, and it's like, I've been there before and I'm like, I'm thankful that I did that because it like has gotten me to a place on my instrument. And but it like, stays with you. It's totally. Like it just goes away. Yeah. Like I can still sit down and play the drums just fine. And it's like, but I definitely, I think, I think this is a thing that all musicians struggle with. Um, and where it's different than other occupations is like, there's a constant pressure that you feel like, I think we could all resonate with like a day goes by where you don't practice or touch your instrument. You feel like guilty, you know? And you're like, I should have practiced. Why am I not practicing? And you like see other people and you're like, they're probably practicing a bunch. People kind of like flex their practicing hours. They're like, yeah, I practiced six hours yesterday. (laughs) You're just like, no, you did not. And like, it's just nuts. And like, I think there's that constant pressure to like i need to be getting better at right. this i need to improve i need to be the best mm-hmm. um some of that's healthy totally but it's really easy i don't know what it is about being a musician that makes us so self-critical but i think it i think it has to do with the fact that we all have ego mm-hmm. and when somebody else like you're saying is flexing their their ego they're like oh i practice for you know even like four hours yeah. sometimes you know like four hours seems realistic if like if you have an off day you're a working musician yep. four hours is like that's <clears> impressive <throat> yeah but it's like yeah I, I practiced for four hours it's like yeah you probably watched youtube for like totally. two of those hours yeah. <laughs> and you know like you were not super focused mm-hmm. during some of the practice like some people do that's mm-hmm. cool but mm-hmm. like the majority of people yeah man especially like full-time working musicians i don't i don't yeah. know many people who have that much time to just shed Sit down for four hours a yeah. day on yeah. a consistent basis i mean that's a good day totally but um you know working is also practice mm-hmm. i think you yeah know? you're sharpening like, yourself there's some things that you there's some things that you can only develop when you're like working mm-hmm. you know playing on stage or like playing in a certain environment or Definitely. like doing a session mm-hmm. that's completely different than than shedding by yourself yeah, you in your basement and totally it, and it's something that you have to do to get better Mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that yeah it's it's really easy to especially people who are good at uh filming themselves Mm -hmm. practice Mm -hmm. i mean i think he's a good example but timbo yeah because because like he doesn't flex it Mm -hmm. he just um i mean he he told me that he he just puts the camera on when he's practicing and then he'll find clips that he likes oh that's cool you know which i think is a great you know it's it's multifaceted in in that like it it, it helps you because you watch it and you're like yep. oh you can cr- you know you yep. can critique yourself See what you're doing but then you can also just like not be stressed about like making content totally. you can just go back and if something fun or funny happened yeah. you just grab it and yeah. then it's and then it's ready to go yeah that's awesome actually so yeah i think finding finding a good efficient way of like capturing your practice time is is tough mm-hmm. some people are really good at it yeah it's not me i mean you've been, you've been doing a good job though of being i feel like you've been pretty mindful to do like live stuff mm-hmm. you've done a bunch of live stuff and you've mm-hmm. been interacting on stories which is pretty key because mm-hmm. i feel like the people who don't and i'm i'm terrible at doing stories but i feel like the people who don't you sort of forget about them totally a little bit yeah um because regular posts the, like there's no guarantee that you see that but they're, you're pretty much guaranteed to, to see, see somebody totally um, especially if they go live because then it pushes you right yep. to the front mm-hmm. so I don't know I feel like you've been doing a, a pretty decent job of, of yeah, doing the live you. stuff yeah I've been es- trying especially during quarantine I feel yeah. like that's like that's what people are looking mm-hmm. for they just want them to watch yeah they're like I want to see a human being play some music yep because it's been a year I since know. I've seen a human it's being so play sad. music <laughs> is there anything you wanted to plug 
Is there, any, is there anything happening that we should talk about? Um, I don't know. I'm just still making music, which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been fun to have this kind of come out of nowhere. And I feel like that's when it's like the most fun is like when you weren't expecting something and then it happens and it's just like, wow. And it, 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 ha it carries like a sort of gratitude that I wouldn't have had if I like set out for this. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, wow, I don't feel like I necessarily deserve any of this stuff. And that kind of comes along with like, I definitely am a big, like, um, this like eats me up like imposter syndrome sort of thing. You know, it's like one day everyone's going to realize that this music sucks, you know, and like th <laughs> that I didn't do it or like, you know, like there's this fear that comes with that. And it's like, there's even a fear of like on Spotify, it, it says in like the song credits, it says produced by Alex Kimball and Landon Conrath. And I'm always like, people are going to think I didn't do anything on this. You know, like they're going to think I'm just some artist that's paying somebody to do that. You know, it's like, yeah, there's that fear in my head where it's just like, um, I like want to have the recognition, but yeah. it's like, why does that matter? But it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it's like, I became an artist really fast and I never was planning on doing that. And it feels like it could just go, it, it feels like it could go away as quickly as it came about, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, Oh, it came about really fast. Well, I mean, people can forget about you just as fast or quicker, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's kind of scary to just be like, what if this, Here's me going back to Ian again. He, <laughs> when I was releasing Acetone, he was like, um, it was like me and Ian and Angie Holvig, and we were talking about how it could be, they were like, man, this is really good. Like this could be bigger than you're thinking, you know? And they were like being really encouraging. And I was, yeah. I was just like, oh, like who knows? Like, I don't know if anyone's gonna listen to it. And Ian was telling me like, in a way, like I hope that this isn't like your thing, like your breakout thing, because he's like, I've seen people where like their first thing they put out is their, breakout thing and then they spend their whole lives trying to capture that again yeah and i was like oh man and now that i think about that all the time i think about ian telling me that all the time because i'm like oh man acetone has the most dreams am <laughs> i just gonna chase that for the rest of my life and it's just like scary to think about that like that people could just be done with your music mm -hmm. i think i think it ha i think it comes down to you yeah um i mean i i I know everything because I've released a lot of music that has <laughs> millions of streams. But from my humble opinion, yeah. like I, I feel like um, because I, th I think I can relate to that in some sense where I've had performances yeah. that were like I, as a sideman mm -hmm. where I'm like, that was the best. Yep. Like I can think of one in particular. It was actually that show that we met for the first time. Totally. The Eric Gordon Harbor and Home yeah, show. That's hilarious. I still think I had that. so much fun playing yeah. that show and it wasn't like, I mean, the, the production setup was kind of like there were no in-ears. Yep. I just had earplugs and I had my wedge yep. monitor just blasting. blasting you in the face. And it was like one of the best. I mean, I practiced my ass off for that performance. Yeah. And it was one of the most fun things I've oh, ever totally. done. And there have been times where I'm like, will I ever have that again? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, ah, it's I'm so different as a player now. Than you and, were. Yeah. Than I was. That it's like, even if I don't, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to go backwards. Like totally. going back implies mm. you, you would have to go backwards a little bit. Yeah. Because maybe, maybe I was practicing, I mean, I was practicing more back then every day, mm -hmm. but I didn't have like some of the sensibility that I have now yeah. as a musician. You just grow. I don't, I don't, um, know how to use gear Yeah. or I didn't know how to use gear yeah. back then like I do now. And, um, 
yeah, it's just, I wouldn't trade what I've gained totally to get here because I still have this, I still have this feeling that the stuff I make now is truer to who I am mm, now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that, I feel like that kind of is the case that even if it doesn't get to be that same spark yeah. uh, that acetone was, like you'll still have sparks of other totally. things. And they're probably going to represent you more accurately. Definitely. Moving forward. Definitely. You know, especially since you're like honing your, your, uh, I hesitate to say workflow, but like, oh no, a hundred percent. Your process yeah. as like an artist. We're figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. It's so much quicker. And like, we used to take three days to do vocals. Yeah. And now it's like, like a few hours. You know, it's just like we're getting faster. Like the course, of, I will never forget this. The course of July. I think the playlist folder had 250 takes. Really? And I was just like, oh my gosh, this sucks. And we had that many takes and then we switched the lyrics and I was just like, I hate my like, life. I'm, I'm so done. You know, and now it's like, we can do that really fast and it's just like, and it feels more like us too. Yeah. And I say us, cause it's funny that I say us. It's, it's become more of like a duo. It's just been kind of fun, but like it, I don't know. It's, I like what you're saying. Like where you, it's like, you don't, you, you look back at that as like a really positive experience, but like you wouldn't want to like go back to that because of all the things that you've gained mm -hmm. like moving forward. And I think that's like encouraging to think about, but yeah. Yeah, I was I was listening to, so one of my, honestly one of my heroes and he's a, a little bit controversial, but like Jordan Peterson, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know anything mm -hmm. about. I feel like I should. He's the, he's the professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. Okay. He's a brilliant person. Okay. But one of the things that he talks about when it comes to like looking back, he, he's more talking about looking back on your life because I mm -hmm. think he's in his 60s, mm -hmm. um, is that like there's certain things that you've done in your life and no matter how amazing they were, no matter how like perfect that moment was, mm -hmm. you wouldn't necessarily want to go back and do it again. Yeah. Because it's like, it's it's almost as if once you did it, it was complete. Yeah. And you don't necessarily There's nothing else to rehash. Kind yeah, of. just because it was great doesn't mean that you need to go back. Yeah, because it might just be done. Yeah, and he was talking that about that in the grand scale of like life, but mm -hmm. I think it applies to, you know, a lot of these milestone experiences too. It's like maybe you don't, maybe ten years from now or five years from now, and you've you know you've got more stuff in your repertoire and mm -hmm. your catalog. I think you might look back on acetone and be like. I don't I don't want to go back yeah. because because I don't want to mess with that. what that was. Yeah, what that was and it's it's good and it's perfect mm -hmm. the way it is because mm -hmm. it's done, you yep. know. Totally. And I think there I think that there's something special about that too of like mm -hmm. you know, it's almost nice that you can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> because it might just be done. Totally. You know. That's funny to think about. I think that there are artists who try to like capture their old thing. Mhm. Mm and maybe it's kind of a downfall. Totally, <laughs> doesn't know? feel as genuine. Maybe I think that, I think that Reliant K. Speaking of them, is mm -hmm. they're kind of a good example of like they've gone through so many changes. Mm -hmm. You know, for many, never looking back, yeah. many different reasons. Yeah. but I think that they've been better because of it. Totally. You know, and I would say the same thing about Switchfoot because they're oh, yeah. they're one of my favorite bands. A hundred percent. Me too. And they they've at the risk of losing fans that loved what they were doing mm -hmm. in two thousand. 11 they they, they sound out. so different yeah. and i'm like i wouldn't want them to sound the same yeah because they've given me so much more ground of, of themselves yeah yeah and i think that that's something that like is very it's very valuable mm -hmm. you know like don't i think that we all risk betraying that side of ourselves mm -hmm. um so 
I think we got it. I think we got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Unless there's something I can plug. Are you writing a book? <laughs> I wish you, I was writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, just more music, I guess. That's it. I mean, I'll have links in the description. So oh, yeah, that's awesome. Feel free to feel free to check all that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we could get this video up to 100,000 likes, that would be great. <laughs> Smash the subscribe button. If we could get July up to 100,000 streams. <laughs> yes. So I can finally feel validated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>